Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Playmakers. What is up guys? If you are watching this video, you have probably advanced to the championship round of your fantasy playoffs. So congratulations on that. In this video, I'm going to be going through some of the top waiver wire targets that you guys should keep your eyes on heading into week 17 of the NFL season. So really, these are going to be players who you need to plug in right away. We're no longer looking for handcuffs or guys with long-term potential because this is probably the last week in your leagues. So I'm just trying to find players that you can plug in right away to your lineups. And honestly, it's going to be slim pickings at a few positions, just because like I think the wide receiver position, not a lot of options there. Hopefully you have guys on your bench, but I'm going to be going through five players at every position that you know you should just kind of keep in your mind when you're looking at the waiver wire. And then these are going to be players who are available in 50% or more leagues. And I'm using ESPN Fantasy Football to get those numbers. But let's jump into the most important position in fantasy football, and that is the running back position. And the first running back I have here is probably the top pickup, you know, maybe one of the top two or three. It's going to be Rashad Penny, owned in 44.4% of leagues. He has seen double-digit carries the last four weeks, and in the last three weeks, he has just been on a tear. In that three-week stretch, he's had 44 carries for 311 rushing yards and three rushing touchdowns. This is a guy in week 17 of the NFL season that you can comfortably plug into your lineup as like a back-end RB2, high-end RB3. That is pretty rare this late in the season. You know, and there's not even been like a recent injury in that backfield, you know, like coming into this week. So Rashad Penny should definitely be owned on either team in the championship. Then we've got Rex Burkhead up next. Also keep in mind, these aren't any specific order. You know, things can kind of switch up. You could have different preferences. So just putting that out there. But for Rex Burkhead, he is owned in 23.8% of leagues, and he is coming off of a monster performance on Sunday. 22 carries, 149 rushing yards, and two rushing touchdowns. I mean, this is the first game I can remember all season long where the Texans' run game did not just look like total garbage. I mean, we've seen Rex Burkhead have double-digit carries in five of the last six games. He just really hasn't done anything with it. It is nice to see, you know, a guy who's going to be getting those workhorse carries out of the backfield. I just don't know if this can carry over. I believe they go up against the 49ers, so not a team that's just going to be a run funnel. So, you know, maybe you're desperate or in a deeper league. Rex Burkhead could be a potential option because he does have those locked-in touches. The next player is also fairly interesting, and I'm pretty sure I'm just going to butcher this name. I believe it is Dare Obungawale. I think I actually got that. But he is owned in basically zero leagues, 0.2% owned. And I mean, he was the Jaguars running back three, you know, a few weeks ago. Now James Robinson, very sad news, out for the season with an Achilles injury. Absolutely brutal for someone who I think is very, very popular in the fantasy community. But then after James Robinson, you also have Carlos Hyde, who is out for the season. So Dare is now going to step in and be the RB1 and is someone who is going to be startable in week 17. Then we actually have two running backs from the same backfield. It's Jordan Howard and Boston Scott. We're here in the same predicament, you know, that we were in when Miles Sanders was on IR. Jordan Howard owned in 8.7% of leagues. Boston Scott owned in 13.1. So we saw Miles Sanders leave the game with a hand injury. There's some speculation this may actually be a broken hand, which I'm guessing, you know, he'd probably be done for the season, assuming they don't make the playoffs. And so, you know, with Sanders leaving that game, 
we saw Jordan Howard carry the ball nine times and was targeted four times out of the backfield. Boston Scott had 12 carries, zero targets, one rushing touchdown. This whole usage to me is very strange because if I were just looking at these two players, I would predict that Howard would have more carries, less targets, and more red zone work. But it's literally the opposite at every single thing. Boston Scott outcarried him, but had zero targets, but got you know the rushing opportunity to get into the end zone. If I had to own one of these guys, I think I would favor Jordan Howard, but it really just seems like it's going to be a crapshoot on what guy gets into the end zone. And then the fifth and final running back, or I guess sixth and final, it's going to be Duke Johnson. He plays tonight and he is owned in 7.6% of leagues. I'm just not really sure what his role is going to be. I mean, if he has the same role he had last weekend, then he should definitely be a top tier pickup. But I do expect Miles Gaskin to be much more involved than we saw last Sunday. Now let's shift over to the wide receiver position. And the first player is going to be someone who is owned in very few leagues. And that is Isaiah McKenzie, owned in 0.3% of fantasy leagues. And in a game where we saw Cole Beasley and Gabriel Davis miss, McKenzie absolutely went off 11 receptions for 125 receiving yards and one touchdown. And I think he's a pretty interesting player to watch going into week 17 because Gabriel Davis is already, you know, officially out for week 17, I believe with COVID since he's unvaccinated, he has to take those 10 days. It will not be 10 days by their next game. So I do think Isaiah McKenzie is definitely going to have a role. Even if Cole Beasley is back, we've kind of seen Emmanuel Sanders get phased out of that offense. So he could put up, you know, another solid performance. I don't know if he's going to replicate, you know, 11 for 125 and a score, but we shall see. The next wide receiver is going to be Marquez Valdez-Scantling, owned in 15.2% of leagues. We saw him miss their game on Saturday with COVID. He should be back. You know, it was kind of a close call on whether or not he was going to be able to play and test negative. But when he is healthy, he has been operating as the wide receiver too. And I mean, that Packers passing attack is absolutely cooking. So I could easily see MVS you know, being a solid performer on a championship team, maybe in like a deeper league, you know, you probably wouldn't love him as your flex in like a 10 or maybe even 12 team league, but I mean, 14 or deeper, he's, you know, a guy you could definitely plug into your lineup and as someone who has a very, very high ceiling. After MVS, it is going to be Braxton Berrios, who is owned in 3.7% of leagues. I really just like Berrios as a player super scrappy guy. He's going to be operating as the starting slot wide receiver with Jamison Crowder out and really kind of just one of those slot guys who can find the end zone, but also see the volume. I don't know if you know would love him in your lineup, but maybe you're in like a 20 team league, not the worst flex option. Then we've got Joshua Palmer owned in 4.3% of leagues. And so this week was kind of weird for the Chargers. We saw Guyton and Mike Williams on the COVID list. So neither of them played and we just don't know how these guys are going to come back. We saw Palmer have a fairly solid role, five receptions for 43 yards and a touchdown. So if Guyton or Williams comes back, I'd probably just say you're not really interested in Palmer. But if both of those guys somehow miss again, you know, then he's you know, not the worst play in your lineups. And then the final wide receiver is going to be AJ Green, owned in 45.2% leagues. Just someone who's been a fringe start every single week. Should have a you know decent role moving forward with DeAndre Hopkins out for the regular season. And now let's move over to the QB spot. And the first guy I'm going to talk about is someone who didn't even play this Sunday. It is Justin Fields, 
owned in 23.4% of leagues, was out on Sunday with an ankle injury. We saw Nick Foles get the start, but he has a very favorable matchup this week against the Giants. So if he can return, I think he's a fringe startable player. The next QB is going to be Jimmy Garoppolo, owned in 20% of leagues. Just to know a high floor, low ceiling play. He's never going to give you that 30-point boom, but you have a pretty good shot of him finishing in like the mid-double digits. Then we've got Tua up next here, just made the cut. He is owned in 49.9% of leagues, and he is going to play tonight, so we'll see how he looks. He's really been a fringe start all season long, and overall, you know, just in terms of real NFL performance, he has looked much better as of late. Next up is going to be Carson Wentz, owned in 41.6% of leagues. He's a guy who's a solid option when he's in neutral or negative game scripts. When they get ahead and Jonathan Taylor could just run the ball down the defense's throat, then he really just becomes invisible. But when you know they do let him lead this offense, he can put together some decent fantasy numbers. And then someone who I never thought would be on you know, a waiver wire target list, it's going to be Davis Mills, owned in only 1.4% of leagues. I believe he is owned in less leagues than Deshaun Watson, even though you know he is the actual starting quarterback for the Houston Texans. He's just straight up played very well as of late. Kind of surprising. I didn't think he'd have a ton of juice, you know, really at all as an NFL quarterback, but he has scored 14 or more points in his last four starts. And, you know, just continues to produce with not a lot of help around him. Now we have the tight end position, and I'm going to start it off with Gerald Everett, who is owned in 17.3% of leagues. He has put up double digit points in three straight weeks, and he had a pretty solid performance on Sunday four receptions for 68 yards and a touchdown. So just someone who continues to be involved in this offense and maybe you know you're struggling at the tight end position. I know for me, I have Darren Waller in the league. So I plugged in Gerald Everett as a solid play this week. You know, you've got other guys dealing with COVID, all that stuff. Definitely just someone to keep an eye on if you need to plug him in. The next guy is going to be Cole Komet, owned in 36.6% of leagues. He's just been very involved in this offense almost every single game. Over the last five weeks, he's averaging 7.4 targets per game. Really, the only thing that's holding him back is just the lack of touchdowns. And it's just because anytime they get in the red zone, they plug in Jimmy Graham and Cole Komet just isn't seeing a lot of those opportunities. But someone, you know, you can count on a decent amount of volume from. Tyler Conklin is the next option here, owned in 42.8% of leagues. Just kind of like a low floor play, averaging 8.4 PPR points per game on the season. He's not going to have these monster performances. You can probably count on somewhere between like 6 and 10 points out of him. So kind of gauge what your lineup needs, I guess. And also just how many teams are in your league because you probably don't want to be starting him. And then the final tight end, only four tight ends here. The position is just very thin. We've got Foster Moreau, owned in 19.1% of leagues. Another kind of fringe startable player if Darren Waller misses another week. And then the final position is going to be the defenses. And there are some solid streaming options this week. I'm going to start it off with the Seahawks, who are owned in 38.3% of leagues, going up against the Lions. Lions offense is not good. Seahawks defense isn't really great either. But I think that defense definitely kind of overpowers that terrible Lions offense. Then we've got the Browns, who are owned in 39.2% of leagues. They travel to Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers. That Steelers offense is just lost. Big Ben is just playing terribly. So I think the Browns are another fantastic streaming option. Then we've got the Bears owned in 12.9% of leagues. 
This Bears defense just continues to play well, even with all the injuries they're dealing with. And they have a fantastic matchup against the Giants. With Daniel Jones shut down for the season, Jake Fromm and Mike Glennon both looked absolutely horrendous. This could be a really solid streaming play for someone who picks up the Bears. Then we've got the Titans, owned in 37.6% of leagues. Just an overall solid defense who played the Dolphins. You know, I don't think the Dolphins are a horrible offense, but they're definitely not some high-powered attack that you should be super concerned with. And then the last option here is going to be the Giants. Don't really love this play. Hopefully one of these teams are on your waiver wire ahead of this. But the Giants, owned in 3.9% of leagues, they traveled to Chicago to take on the Bears. Bears offense is definitely inconsistent, but as a whole, the whole Giants team just looks like an absolute mess. So hopefully you can kind of pivot and find a different option before we're getting that desperate. But that is going to wrap it up for this video. I just want to say that if you guys have any fantasy questions this week, feel free to drop them down in the comments of any video. I'm going to be trying to check as much as I can, getting those answers back to you, helping you guys bring home those fantasy championships. So thank you guys for stopping by. If you enjoyed this video, hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. But thank you for checking in and I'll see you in the next one.